Good day, this is Lorraine Lawson, Associate Editor with Bank Automation News. This week on The Buzz, I spoke with Tobias Schwager, CEO and founder of the security automation company Hawk AI. We discussed the role of artificial intelligence and machine learning in anti-money laundering efforts. So AI and ML, how do they come into play with anti-money laundering? How are they used to address that? Yeah, um, for us, really, I think there's two uh, main applications here. The first one is uh, efficiency. Um, so the the idea of reducing the well-known false alerts, false positives uh, in the industry uh, in a way that is uh, risk neutral. Uh, so it doesn't avoid anything that shouldn't be avoided, so to say, but still reduces uh, sort of waste in the process, um, most prominently by uh, reducing the false positive alerts. So there's less to be worked on, if you will. Uh, the application of machine learning here is um, is a somewhat traditional application of supervised machine learning for the most part. So really learning from how the bank or the financial institutions may have decided upon some of the alerts in the past uh, for us is, is, is input, if you will, into the algorithms to start predicting what might be a false positive again and what might be avoidable, if you will, in terms of manual investigation. So that's number one. So reducing those false alerts playing very much uh, in, a, in an efficiency playbook, if you will. Um, I think the other uh, application of machine learning and artificial intelligence is, is of course, the more exciting one when it's really about uh, getting better at detecting suspicion, getting better at de detecting crime. This case then will be more of a deep learning, unsupervised type of machine learning application where it's more about finding unknown unknowns. So risks and scenarios that might not be uh, known so far uh, or certainly might not have been described well enough to sort of write any rules, if you will, uh, you know, can be detected using uh, other sort of applications, other um, technologies really, which are kind of fishing for the unknown unknown in an effort to be quicker and more precise uh, in identifying that criminal behavior. And do you think that AI and ML are critical to that? Like, um, are there other technology solutions that could do the same work? Or is this something banks are going to have to adopt if they want to comply with, say, the Bank Secrecy Act? I think over time that that may be the case. I think there's no real other technology. I think the, I mean so far everyone's using rules. Uh, some are using rules uh, in, in, in clever ways. Some are using rules maybe a, a quite uh, simple sort of setups, if you will. Uh, all of that is, I think, not going to go away. We believe anytime soon. So I think it's 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 it's, it's there to stay because it's the way uh, the industry so far has chosen to you know formulate scenarios and 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 also. Uh, you know, communicate with one another, so to say, in terms of what we are actually trying to identify and find uh, in terms of criminal behavior here. So that's not really going to go away. So that's one technology, if you will. Uh, and the other technology will be then, uh, like I said, machine learning and artificial intelligence, which I think is the only way to be a bit more um, I guess, clever, if you will, uh, in identifying this behavior, because the rules alone kind of wouldn't do the trick uh, or aren't actually doing the trick very well at this point. So I think the industry is becoming uh, certainly more and more aware that uh, AI is to be used uh, if we were going to do that right. Uh, if, if And if e-commerce fraud prevention or sort of non-AML type of applications, which are still similar enough to what we're trying to do here, uh, you know, it's, 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 quite, it's quite easy to see that there's a lot to be learned from, let's say, e-commerce fraud prevention, which is, I think, further ahead in terms of applying those, uh, those algorithms and those things. I think the BSA or, or regulation in general, I think, hasn't gone as far as, you know, 
pushing for the specific application that we're talking about here. Uh, but yes, you know, I think there's a few there's a few tendencies. I think those are certainly opening in that direction uh, as we as we speak. But it's not really in the law yet. I would say. Yeah, speaking of that, I wanted to ask you um, that just passed this year. The I'm sorry, the Anti Money Laundering Act 2020 passed this year, and so what do banks need to know about that as they look forward look forward to setting, say, their budgets for the next year, fiscal year, or just preparing for this year. Um, well, I think there's a few bread and butter things that I probably wouldn't, you know, talk about about here. Uh, you know, one can just read the, you know, read the sort of headlines there. I think what I probably would concentrate on in terms of what the what the the, the act of 2020 is all talking about is 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 the very it's a somewhat midterm, I think maybe even long-term view that 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 is is being taken there. Um, I mean, you can see or read about uh, tech uh, symposiums or, or or also subcommittees really focusing on sort of innovation that are uh, now you know you know showing up there, let's say as a, as a to-do for some of the market participants or, or regulatory participants. So uh, for us, certainly as as a company, there's a lot of there's a lot of hope, really, that that there will be an increased dynamic in terms of looking at modern technology, looking at AI also to some degree, and cloud and all those kind of good buzzwords, really, uh, you know, by all the market participants that would open the doors for applying that technology, which we really believe, you know, is going to make a, a drastic difference to how we run those processes today, or ideally how we run those processes then in the future. So, so that sort of door opening, I think, is is what what you know makes me very um, uh, enthusiastic about what's happened, so to say, in the in the in the in the, in the, in the BSA Act. Uh, I think the other things, you know, for us as a transaction monitoring and uh, screening provider, so to say, aren't necessarily directly impacting much of it when it's about UBOs and and reporting uh, and those kind of things, because that really. Um, is 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 a little bit the other side of the equation, if you will. But from a transaction monitoring standpoint, I think you know the opening of doors in terms of innovation technology is what I'm excited about. Okay, and um, what role does electronic ID verification play in monitoring fraud? And is that is that a form of automation at all? Well, it's not. It's not really. Um, I think very close to monitoring transactions as such. It's really more the KYC part of the equation, which is a very important one, also in terms of anti-money laundering. So it's more about the process step where a new customer, let's say an individual or, or even a business, would be, you know, signing up with a new financial institution, opening a bank account in its simplest form, maybe right, uh, and, and that's where uh, electronic ID verification does play a significant role in sort of automating. That process, um, automating what you know may have been done manually by checking passports or ID cards, you know, for for for, for the most part in the past. So yes, it's a way of automating, and it's a it's a it's a certainly very good dynamic, um, specifically in the U.S. as we see uh, around providers doing doing that kind of you know stuff, if you will. What all does that entail? Electronic ID verification. What does that entail? Like, can you explain it a little bit. Yeah, I mean, I'm I'm not a specialist in the field to be very honest with you, but but uh, I mean, as far as I uh, you know, of course, do see what's going on is it's it's really about identifying an account opening uh, individual, let's say, by uh, using um, video, using online electronic means, you know, using using ways of basically scanning passports or ID pictures. 
uh, you know, looking closer at what video stream, you know, might be, uh, you know, might be, might be able to sort of contribute to a decision making about is the person at the other end really the person that the person says it is. Uh, so, so those kind of things. I'm not a specialist, as I say. So, so certainly, uh, certainly there would be other companies, you know, much more deep in this type of uh, technology here. Uh, like I said, we're working more on the transaction side of the uh, equation. When the customer is already here, that's when we look closely. Okay, you look very closely at that. Uh, what can you just want to explain a little bit more about your company and how you automate? Um, so, so using machine learning, we talked about this a little bit previously, right? The way we automate is basically by learning from human behavior. So, let, just imagine people in the bank investigating suspicious cases, right? Investigating alerts, as we call them, right? Uh, and and using that information, how the human may have behaved on specific alerts is an input into our algorithms, which then allows us to automate that behavior in a way. So next time something similar, you know, a similar case, a similar suspicion kind of, you know, ends up on the desk again, if you will, you know, doesn't necessarily have to be looked at again by human um, if regulation allows that to, to happen and if the bank wants it so. Uh, and as a result of that, the automation part of this would be that the, the case gets auto-closed or somehow in some automated fashion uh, worked on rather than the human actually looking at it again. So that's one way of automating, you know, basically understanding what the human would do, but then letting the machine do it. Oh, okay. So sort of, uh, it looks at, I guess, situations where there was a false positive that way. For example, yes, exactly. So, so looking at a false positive, looking what you know at a case that's similar enough to to something previous, uh, and and as a result of that, inferring basically what now has to happen, if you will, and that 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 sort of action then uh, you know would be would be executed by the machine instead of the human, which saves the human work, as you can imagine, right? That's the whole purpose here. Uh, but you know because you know because the underlying algorithms would be precise enough in, in identifying that something is very similar to something that's already been looked at, for example, it's, it can be good enough to sort of auto-close a case like that without having to, uh, you know, bother a human again, if you will. So what do you think we'll see new in the next six months in terms of security and automation or security and attacks or just sort of looking ahead the next six months? What do people need to have on the radar? I think... Um, I mean, what we what we'll see new, I think, is that uh, that a larger number of financial institutions, also mid-sized and even small ones, will start to pilot and test and try out more modern technology for for what we're doing here. So I think that um, I think even the BSA piece, but also in general, I think uh, there's a there's a there's a trend I would say of, of of smaller institutions now looking at technology like ours, and in and of course there's other players in the market, uh, and and tr you know try out try out machine learning, try out artificial intelligence, and maybe combine it first with a legacy system. So it's not about replacing it all together somehow. Uh, sometimes it's really just, you know, combining, you know, with some module of some new player, you know, with an existing legacy system to get comfortable, to, you know, start getting a bit more, uh, you know, trusted, so to say, uh, and, and really, you know, you know, develop an opinion about what new technology may be able to do in the efficiency of the process and also in, you know, being more compliant, if you will, or, you know, running a more, uh, solid compliance process, so to say. So I think those kind of tryout type of behaviors I'm certainly seeing already today, and I think there will be an acceleration throughout the year uh, with maybe larger things than going live, if you will, next year and the years after. And what do you think is driving that? Like, why why are smaller banks doing that now? It's just 
I think in the U.S. specifically, I mean, not only there, of course, uh, you, you see that uh, you know, there's a there's a there's a consolidation happening with very small banks, mid-sized banks, regional banks, right? So there's there's certainly uh, one trigger for 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 uh, optimizing system landscape is you know two banks kind of coming together. So so a choice has to be made has to be made about you know how to combine systems, how to reap the synergies that the deal may have been promising, right? Uh, so so I think M&A or consolidation in the market, I think, is one driver. Um, cost pressure might be another one. Um, and thirdly, of course, it would also be a, a general sort of willingness to use new technology in an effort to you know, run a better and a more solid compliance process. Uh, I think that would be the third, uh, third uh, reason for me that, you know, that uh, you know, what I said will come true even more. You've been listening to The Buzz, a Bank Automation News podcast. Thank you for your time and be sure to visit us at bankautomationnews.com for more automation news. You can also follow us on Twitter and LinkedIn. Please don't hesitate to rate this podcast on your podcast platform of choice.